minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday to Ba'av. Back to work we go in a very, an amazing, and incredible, unique um, uh, location. <laughs> the the ninth floor Mir Peset patio of the Inbal Hotel. This is... Your JM in the AM Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
starting with so much wedding music you might be asking today is Tuba'av normally on Tuba'av our JM and the AM custom is for Robert Katz to be in and present a Tuba'av special but we figured today on this uh, Tuba'av 5774 since we are in Yerushalayim and our plans have been uh, bouncing around for the last couple of days once things settle down we uh Arranged with our friends at the Inbal Hotel to be here on their Mirpeset, on their patio, on the ninth floor executive lounge. And if I sound mellow, if I sound calm, it's because I have the amazing and incredible view of the city of Jerusalem behind me. I have the most perfect weather enveloping uh, me and our studio set up here at JM in the AM. It is just remarkable. And if you have a chance, uh, You'll be able to check out um, uh, later on, once it's uploaded, the video of today's show. It's just a spectacular view, an incredible place, and uh, really the lap of luxury here in Jerusalem. You heard Asher Bara. That was done by David Dardashti. Od Yishama from Kolachai. Od Yishama from Shal Sheles. Od Yishama from the Rabbi's Sons. All wedding music. 
in honor of those who got married last night on Tuba Av, and of course those who will be getting to married tonight before sunset on Tuba Av, and in honor of everybody getting married in general. Now that Shabbos Nachamu is over, we're into another heavy-duty wedding season, and wishing everybody Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Uh, you heard Masech Hashem, that's our Monday morning theme song, and of course Regesh Modani opening things up, as usual for us here on a weekday morning at JM in the AM. So here we are today, we're here in the Inbal Hotel in beautiful Jerusalem, on Rachov Jabotinsky. Uh, we have a beautiful accommodations. We'll have an opportunity to speak with representatives of the hotel coming up. And uh, this has been our home base for this amazing journey to Israel. We've had the privilege, the pleasure of being part of this solidarity effort here in the Holy Land. We had the privilege of uh, being part of the, uh, of the effort to um, remind our brothers and sisters here that we care. That we're ready to uh, to come and be part of this summer, this unique summer experience that they've had here so far during the summer of uh, 2014 in Israel, and we're here to remind everybody back in the United States that if you are planning or if you have already put on your calendar a trip to the Holy Land, keep it just where it is. Uh, there have been some people who have been prone to postpone or cancel their trip. This is not a good time to do that because uh, the tourism industry which is one of the ways, probably the most important way, that we could participate in the uh, flourishing of the State of Israel, uh, needs us now more than ever. Um, August is a very tough month to have a reduction in tourism, so we hope everybody will take advantage. 72-hour ceasefire began again last night. Hopefully it will last even beyond that um, as we uh, continue to pray for the soldiers of the IDF and the Israel Air Force to do what is necessary to protect everybody in Israel and to combat the enemy. JM in the AM, good morning and thanks for joining us everybody from beautiful Jerusalem. Um, special guests coming up, including an old friend, Larry Waxman, who's going to be with us later. He and his wife are celebrating their 30th year of Aliyah here during the summer of 2014. He'll be joining us coming up. Uh, other special guests as well, some familiar voices from the New York, New Jersey area who are traveling here to Israel. We'll speak with them coming up at JM in the AM. A big thank you to Stan in our studio and a big thank you to PC Guy. PC Guy is situated right now on the ninth floor patio of the Inbal Hotel here at the Executive Lounge. And he has again taken on the task of uh, dealing with our engineering in an expert fashion as we uh, pre-record the Monday show on Monday morning. And I thank PC Guy for doing that. Uh, he is uh, available at the following address, thepcguy.co.il, thepcguy.co.il. And uh, everybody is invited to uh, check out his amazing work. As I say, you don't have to live in Jerusalem or even in Israel to use his services. He is somebody who's able to help you with your computer needs, even from thousands of miles away. So I thank PC Guy for all of his help, and I thank all of you for tuning in to JM in the AM. Uh, more coming up. Keep it here at uh, 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County is at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web. It's jmtheam.org. We're live from the Inbal Jerusalem Hotel in the Holy City. And here's Eight Time Cats. Asher <laughs> 
Executive Lounge here at the Inbau. Um, well, I, I think we've done a really good job so far with the uh, wedding music on this Tuba of morning. That's my opinion. 
Yehuda Green with Od Yishama. You heard uh, Shlomo Katz with Od Yishama. You heard Asher Bara done by uh, Yaakov Shweki. And you heard Asher Bara done by Eitan Katz here at JM in the AM. Why do I sound so mellow and so calm? It's because I'm in this incredible environment. The beautiful Inbal Hotel overlooking the old city of Jerusalem right behind me. As PC Guy pointed out earlier, the country of Jordan to the left of me, right? If you look far enough, you'll see Jordan over there. Uh, beautiful Jerusalem surrounding me. And uh, the environs of a graciously hospitable and beautiful hotel here in Jerusalem. That's one of the reasons I sound so mellow and calm. Um, JM and the AM, those of you who missed it on Friday, we had an amazing program from Stay Rote. Really an incredible visit with that beautiful Hachnasat Sefer Torah. It is uh, worthwhile going to the archives at jmnam.org and checking out the videos that we're posting online at nachomsegel.com. And uh, on Facebook as well, if you like our Facebook update page, Nachum Siegel Network, you'll get a whole bunch of information and material regarding this trip. We're actually recording today's show early Monday morning here at the Inbal. Wanted to make sure to record this show before it got too hot out here on the Mirpeset on the patio. And um, we'll be uh, joined by very uh, special guests coming up between now and 9 o'clock this morning right here at JMNAM. It's Tuba of Morning. I want to thank PC Guy. Continues to lead our engineering team here in Jerusalem. Check him out on the web, thepcguy.co.il, thepcguy.co.il. I also remind you that coming up, Mayor Weingarten with the Israel Show every Monday at 9 a.m. right here at jmandam.org. So the second we finish this morning, you'll you'll get his um, take on things. Uh, that's happening between 9 and 10 this morning right after JM and the AM. Make sure to keep it on the stream all day long at jmandtheam.org. Simcha Liners next as we wrap up the 6 o'clock hour on a Monday morning Tuba'av at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Tuba of Morning at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. And that's one of the reasons we played Meheira, because today's Tuba of. Miriam L. Wallach is here. She's been producing our radio shows from Israel and leading the Nahum Siegel Network. And I say good morning to you. Good morning, sir. Do you see how mellow I am, how calm I am? You are so chilled, I barely recognize these you. these environs, isn't it beautiful, isn't it incredible? It's nice how you gave me no props for your being totally chilled. <laughs> just want to make sure that, that that's clear. I evidently bring no sense of calm. It has to do with the environment that I'm in right now, that beautiful blue sky. We really should move here. If this is what you'd be like every morning. <laughs> the incredible old city of Jerusalem. Yeah, this is pretty great. Looking around. Nice seeing, new office you built me here. Seeing this incredible sight. Yeah. It really is remarkable. Yeah, it's going to be pretty tough to be in Jersey City Wednesday morning. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, so we've had quite a journey so far. We've uh, gone to some interesting places. This has been a remarkable trip. People um, have already reacted over the weekend about the radio show from Stay Road that took place on Friday. Mm-hmm. We were there during a red alert. Yes. The only person who didn't duck in the room? You. <laughs> and you'd think I would have had to have do, done more ducking than anybody else. A little bit, but there was um, there was a show going on. Exactly. That's the show it. must go on. Right. Thank God. Rockets, I, no rockets. Because unfortunately there were there were some people that, you know, had a really rough Friday because of the, because of what was going on in Stay Road. Thank God we were not uh, we weren't hit, but um, there's something about being in that whole experience and seeing what people go through on a regular basis. Thank God, and I hope that it's still holding when the radio show is actually on the air four <laughs> hours from now. But thank God, as we record here at the Inbal Hotel on Monday morning, there's a ceasefire in effect. Um, they, in fact, did cease to fire. This was not one of those cases where Israel ceased and they fired. Right. This is what wasn't one of those uh, Lucy and uh, Charlie Brown moments. <laughs> is that what you call it? Yeah. You've reduced the war to... to a I don't know about that, <laughs> but it's a metaphor for people who understand the uh, Peanuts column. And um, hopefully it'll hold and hopefully things will be peaceful here. And hopefully, uh, even with the, the peace and calm that we anticipate and pray for, hopefully the Israel Defense Forces and the IAF will be able to do what needs to be done in order to con- curtail the activities of the enemy. That's what we pray for. And we pray for it every day. Some people thought that I was a drop, I don't know, a drop um, over the top when it came to my discussion about uh, North American Jews and their attitude toward traveling to Israel right Who now. Who felt that way? A few people felt, no way. A few people felt that was a little too harsh. No way. That I, <laughs> that I took the liberty to, to, uh, to express myself. In a very free-flowing manner. It's your show, boss. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and look, I mean, the the bottom line is that uh, you know when you have a when you have a certain uh, passion, a certain position, a certain you know feeling, a certain attitude, it's difficult to uh, it's difficult to adjust otherwise. And I felt, based on our investigation here, and it's not like we're these you know uh, investigative reporters. Right, we're not investigative <laughs> reporters. Just based on casual conversations. Correct. With hoteliers mm-hmm. and storekeepers and cab drivers and others affected by the tourism industry, one of the only industries that we could have a direct effect on because right. we're from North America, right. uh, they're pretty disappointed. And beyond that, I think they were pretty angry. They're pretty angry that 
not only did North American Jews stay away and cancel trips like they've done many times before, shockingly enough, but that they did so in the month of August. We are the weakest link. That's correct. Yes. They, they did so, in a, that's that we clear. did so, I should say, during the most important tourism month of the entire year. The French are still here. That's true. The French are still here. Plenty of French Jews are here. Plenty of people from Europe are vacationing here. A lot of non-Jews are vacationing Absolutely. here. Absolutely. We've seen some really interesting eclectic groups singing he- <laughs> singing Hebrew songs throughout Jerusalem. Yes. People don't look like they grew up with Hebrew songs, frankly. We should also note, by the way, that we have seen a definite increase in foot traffic. Um, but just normal, everyday people coming out of their homes and enjoying the outdoors and seeing families outside and enjoying the beach and doing this. And just the streets are more filled with people. Now, those are, again, those are not tourists right. from North America. Right. Those are, those are Jerusalemites and, and Israelis just coming out of their homes and feeling a, a sense of calm and security and, and hopefully peace that allows them to walk out of their ma'amad and walk out of their homes and try and get back into real life. We had a meeting yesterday on the legendary Rehov Hayarkon yes. in Tel Aviv. And and what everybody was happiest about is that finally people in the hundreds and thousands started flocking back to the beaches because yep. they regular tourists in Israel were avoiding coming outside and and being part of anything as all this was going on. And we pointed out, we were here two weeks ago, and we pointed out that even in the few hours we were here and just talking to friends and relatives during those few hours when we arrived with the Nefesh Benefesh flight, uh, it is such a different atmosphere Absolutely. now. Absolutely. It is so, there's so much calmer, a lot less tension. People we know, thank God, are seeing uh, most of their loved ones, thank God, come back from, uh, from Gaza at this point. I got an email yesterday from somebody who... Um, was asking me a business question and wrote something to the effect of, I hope you're enjoying your trip despite the situation. And I wrote back to him and I said, I appreciate your good wishes, but I have to tell you, this is probably one of the best trips I've ever taken and certainly up there in terms of our business trips to Israel. This has been an absolutely incredible, incredible experience. And while um, some may have been critical of you and your stance, I, I can only reiterate that this is the time to come. And frankly, if you were if you were on the fence about coming for Sukkot, you should do it. Oh, Sukkot. You should pe- do it. There are people begging people to plan trips now for the end of August. Uh, and also we should point out that um, this trip was planned a couple of months ago mm-hmm. because of the whole Nefesh Benefesh thing. And we had other things planned that didn't uh, exactly work out. Materialize. But, but, uh, but well, they did materialize until the last minute. Things had to be bounced around because of the situation. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, but um, Many people thought, oh, now that the, right. now that the situation's the way it is, I guess you're going to be avoiding your trip to Israel. And of course, yep. it was the exact opposite. We said we're going to make sure to be here no matter what. Absolutely. All right. Coming up in five minutes, right after the next election, on Friday, we're in Stay Road and we met a lot of incredible people. And, and one of the experiences we've had together is meeting all these American soldiers. Yes. 31 year old from Brooklyn, <laughs> New York, who, who had the most amazing analysis of joining the Israeli army. 27 year old Gabi. Uh, Choma mm-hmm. from, from that name is going to stick with us, by the from way. Kushner Yeshiva High School right. and Moshava in Livingston, New Jersey, and Camp Moshava. Props, Props. To Camp Moshava. They're always at the top of the list. Unreal. Larry Waxman sitting here. <laughs> he, he and I are telepathically acknowledging that as great as all of our summer camps have been, when it comes to Israel, Moshava might be number one. Well, they were incredible at the rally. Oh, they remember? were unbelievable at the rally. Yeah. I I knew that the uh, I I knew that their presence would be felt and. 
as the other camps attended, and believe me, you know, our camps, uh, we, we were very high in the way they treated that day and the way the kids participated. But, but. of course, Moshava <laughs> found a way to make it into an entire Rikud at Big Israel Celebration. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so one of the people we met on Friday was a was a student, the only American student in the yeshiva in Stay Road. Stay Road has over 500 students in their yeshiva. There's one American. He is the American program. Right. He is from Passaic, New Jersey. Five minutes from now after this election, we're going to play that interview. What happened was, because of a technical glitch, it didn't get into Friday's show. We'll meet him virtually through the airwaves coming up in just a few minutes right here at JM in the AM. Also, Dr. Rich Roberts is in our makeshift studio. He's arrived from New Jersey for one reason. And I guarantee you it's for one reason, because I see that he's on crutches, which means he probably could have used the time to recover from whatever he's suffering from. Instead, he said, I'm getting on a plane and coming to Israel to express solidarity and do what we've just demanded that everybody mm-hmm. do, is plan a trip and get here as soon as possible. So he'll join us toward the end of this hour coming up as well at JM. Then I mentioned Larry. He's going to join us because he's celebrating 30 years in Israel, August 1984. We said goodbye to him and Marsha after Shever Brachas, and we said enjoy Israel. And here he is 30 years later. Our friends in the Inbal Hotel are going to be joining us, of course. They are our hosts here today and throughout our entire visit. So our friends in the Inbal Hotel, uh, led this time by Alex Herman and Joanne Odes. They've been amazing for us in terms of setting up today's show. They're going to be joining us coming up. And the rumor is that Rabbi Steve Berg is going to bring a candidate for Congress Correct. to our studio here this morning at the Inbal Hotel on the ninth floor executive lounge. So we'll hopefully meet both of them. Uh, coming up as well. And who knows what other surprises will be happening. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow morning we're in the airport in the old terminal when Nefesh Benefesh lands with over 330 Olim uh, in the big August uh, the big August journey to the Holy Land. That's happening, um, that's happening uh, tomorrow morning. Flight lands about 7 a.m. Israel time. We'll pre-record our JMNAM show from the airport. We'll have an opportunity to meet some of the heroes of Israel uh, tomorrow on this radio program. Also want to uh, say good morning to Rabbi Nate Siegel who is here. He joined us Friday with some amazing commentary on the beautiful Achdasa Sefer Torah. It was a great schuss to have him with us. And uh, don't worry, Staten Island, we'll be back soon. <laughs> but we get to uh, be the beneficiaries of his leadership during this trip. And my nephew, Shlomo Siegel, is here. We had the most enjoyable Shabbos together. And uh, he is here. One of the uh, um, one of the many students who come to spend more than a year. He's been here more than a year already uh, studying Torah in Jerusalem, and I'm glad he was able to be here this morning as we broadcast at JM in the AM. This is the song that Lenny Solomon wrote last week to commemorate the uh, the hope of Am Yisrael Lanetzach uh, in light of the war in Gaza. Lenny, uh, for us on a Tuba Av morning at JM in the AM. Manim Kashim Ha'am Biyachad Kulam Uchanim Ha'am Uchad Fahal Magen Ha'am Uchad Megu Israel, 
Good morning, New York. Good morning, New Jersey. Good morning, world. We're in uh, the Inbal Hotel in the beautiful Jerusalem. They've been our hosts here for this incredible trip. We're calling it a solidarity mission, although, frankly, we had planned this trip long ago, and our desire to get here just got stronger as things uh, got a little tense here in the Holy Land. Uh, things are uh, certainly calmer uh, this week compared to a couple of weeks ago, and we pray for the uh, safety and security of the entire land and for the amazing IDF and IAF to do what is necessary to curtail the enemy's activities. The ceasefire, at least while we're recording the show, is still in effect, and hopefully it'll stay in effect for a lot longer than just the 72 hours, while at the same time the IDF will be able to do what is necessary. I uh, I mentioned that on Friday uh, in State Road, this was, I believe, the only interview that did not get uh, onto the air because of this technical glitch that we had, but this was a conversation that we had with the entire State Road Yeshiva American program. One young man out of 500 named Moshe Schwartz, who is... Um, Studying in Stay Road. He's from Passaic, New Jersey. We ask him why he's in Stay Road, uh, what his impressions are, etc., etc. Here is what that conversation sounded like this past Friday when we were in Stay Road. You're listening to JM in the AM. Moshe Schwartz is here. Anything but a typical Passaic, New Jersey youngster. Uh, Moshe Schwartz, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You ever hear of this show before? Yeah, you know. <laughs> they listen and stay road, huh? <laughs> so give me the uh, give me the lowdown. You go to elementary school in New Jersey, I assume. Yeah, and I then. Uh, and then I went to I started off in uh, YZY, a uh, small yeshiva in Muncie. I All went right. there for two years, and then I switched into MTA. I finished off high school. I uh, then went on to Yeshiva Yisrael Torah, learned there my Shana Aleph, and then a little bit into my Shana Bet, I switched into Sterot. Right, and uh, how do you even find out about Stay Road? Had you, had you visited here during Shana Aleph? Well, you know, I, I, I went for one Shabbos, you know, to check out, just like, you know, you know Stay Road sounds like a cool place to visit. And uh, when I got here, you know, I saw the yeshiva, uh, and I was very impressed, you know, the very serious people here. Um, the, 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 I feel the yeshiva almost, it's like a prototype for yeshivas in Israel, to a certain extent, the way that it interacts with the community. We're not just a yeshiva that is located in Stay Road, we are the yeshiva of Stay Road. And I thought that was something very special, something I wanted to be a part of. There are no other American students, American meaning American students whose parents are still in the United States, in Stay Road at this time, correct? There are, they are not, You're no. the only one. Yeah. Does that make it, I don't know, difficult for you? It's not a big deal? How would you describe it? Uh, I mean, in the beginning it was pretty rough. I mean, when I got there, you know, people were like, Mashum Chai, how are you, what's your name? And I had no idea it was flying. I, I didn't know any <laughs> Hebrew. But, um, you know, you battle through it, you work through it, and then, you know, it's very gratifying now to be where I am that I, you know, more or less, I understand what's going on. Are people in New Jersey concerned for your safety? Well, yeah, you know, people in New Jersey, they hear steroid and they think, oh, so you're learning in Gaza. That's what's going on, <laughs> you know. But, um, no, I mean, the yeshiva, you know, obviously you have to be very careful. You know, when you hear a seven dome, you go to a shelter. And in addition to that, you know, we have, like, you know, the Star Wars grade weaponry in the Iron Dome. And, you know, we have a great army. We also learn here. We feel that, you know, that helps the, the situation. And, you know, Baruch Hashem, you know, in the last round of fighting, I don't think there are any um, fatalities uh, in Steros. Uh How many soldiers have passed through here over the last month? Uh, it's been great. There have been a lot. I mean, it started off with uh, maybe around 100 that came in. And, uh, and then just more came. I think one, the Friday morning, just a few weeks ago, it was like, you know, four or 500, you know, soldiers just came in. And uh, it was great. We had Shabbos with them, and it was just—it was really, you know, probably the best Shabbos I've ever had in my life. It was very amazing. Experience. Moshe Schwartz is here from Passaic, New Jersey, uh, now in Stay Road. 
Uh, did the yeshiva students have a role in helping the soldiers with the stuff that you were doing as a volunteer or well, in any way helping them? Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, we were sharing dorms with them. Um, you know, they were very, I think, grateful for the fact that, you know, how, you know, warm and welcome we are. I mean, one soldier mentioned that uh, there's a certain feeling you get when you go home and you see your family and you see your parents, and he said he felt that when he came to our yeshiva. This is a Chiloni soldier. Uh, and, you know, it's very special to feel that you're in a position where you're able to actually, you know, like make a difference to an extent. These are people who have been in Gaza and were returning for Shabbos or people who are on their way out to Gaza. I mean, you just feel, you know, life is more real in Sterot. Uh, is this the beginning of an American program in the yeshiva in Sterot? Are you going to be the first of what will be hundreds of students whose parents and families are back in the United States, but they're coming to study here? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, we were actually trying to start an American program. It's sort of hard to pull Americans to steer up by virtue of, you know, its reputation of being, you know, kind of in Gaza, as people would consider it from America. But it's really an amazing place. And, you know, the people here are really excited to meet Americans, to see Americans, see Americans in the yeshiva. They've been extraordinarily welcoming to me. If there's anyone out there who's interested in learning steroids, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity. Are you going to remain here through the rest of the summer and then, uh, you know, for even more than that? Yeah, I plan on drafting a Mishashem with the yeshiva this coming March draft. Um, uh, so I'll be in the so I'll be in the yeshiva till March, and then I'll be drafting into the army. Right, with the, with boys the, your age. Yeah, with the guys in my shear. Wow, unbelievable. Well, call kavod to you. A pleasure meeting you. <laughs> what message should we give back to the people in New Jersey? You know, I mean, it's uh, you know, it wasn't easy for me, you know, coming into Steyrout, but uh, you know, there are easier paths to coming here. You know, I mean, people talk about, you know, is it Chiyav uh, to make Aliyah, is it Rishus to make Aliyah? At the end of the day, I mean, you know, our entire story of our history of been getting to Israel and getting kicked out of Israel. I mean, at this point, it's time to get back. Kolakavot, thank you so much. <laughs> Amazing. Moshe Schwartz, one of the prides of the Garden State from Passaic, New Jersey. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much. Kolakavot. And enjoy your Shabbos Nachamu and stay road. That was from Friday. <laughs> that was the conversation with Moshe Schwartz. Um, who really was, it was and is an incredible young man. Uh, Miriam Wallach, I have news for you. Tonight starts the, is it tonight or last night started the, uh, festival in Yushalayim? Is it, no, tonight. The 11th of August, right? The, what do they call it? The, um, Chutzot Hayotzer. Chutzot Hayotzer is tonight. Do I have a mic? Is this on? So I found out who's, uh, performing Tell tonight. Me, yeah. Oh, really? Who? It's an incredible lineup. They have another musical performer every single night. Shlomi Shabbat, who did the, Concert with Yaakov Shweki Okay In the Nokia Center He's tonight That's cool So last night for you in Jerusalem Here's your chance I'm going Left side So Shlomi Shabbat You'll have an opportunity Larry Waxman is here He uh, was listening attentively To Moshe Schwartz's words Because he's constantly amazed By the uh, youth of the United States Who decide to come to Israel And is always fascinated by their backgrounds. Larry Waxman, Mazal Tov on 30 years living in Israel from all of us at JM and the AM. Thank you. Time flies when you're having fun. (laughs) Has it been fun for 30 years? Yes. It's been some rough times here in the Holy Land. I've gone through a lot of rough times. I have to tell you that this is, this may be one of the most difficult. Um, a lot of things here are personal. We take everything personally. Unfortunately, in the United States, when a soldier is killed, you hear a soldier was killed here. We could tell you everything about them. We could tell you their names. We could tell you their bios. Some of them are real, real heroes in the in the true, I should say, American sense. But what we recognize in hey, America Travis, as heroes, no Giborim. And a lot of these Giborim have fallen during this war. Uh, Sixty-four, I think, is the total number of IDF soldiers. Sixty-four soldiers, three civilians. That you pointed out to me many times over the last few days. Imagine. And it is a sacrifice, obviously, but imagine how many rockets have fallen and how low the civilian casualty is. Because if you look at the laws of percentages, 
God forbid how many people could have been lost. About 3,400 rockets, give or take. Which is unbelievable. And you know what kind of damage that could have been, that could have, uh, if I can just caused. elaborate. I don't know if you want to call miracles, coincidences, what you want to, how, how you want to describe it, but there are so many things that have happened, some of which are by first hand, uh, people recollections, some of them we see directly. All of them you could say they're coincidences, but when you put, when you put them all together, you have to say that there's a divine hand helping us. And of course it's Israel Batach Bashem. There's no question in my mind that we have divine assistance on our side. A real Iron Dome. A real Iron Dome. Well, the fact you have to you have to go back a step. The fact that the Iron Dome was developed in time for this, and secondly, the fact that it worked. Hadn't been it was tested, but that didn't mean it was going to work like it works. Has worked to the point where people just rely on it. Oh, if a rocket goes yeah, off, well, we know either, where people go to the roof to take pictures. Yeah, of Yeah, but it. they don't they don't understand that when a when a when a rocket is destroyed, there's shrapnel. Right. And so you have was, to be careful. My niece went to a her pool where she goes to swim, and there was shrapnel in the pool right. from an earlier attack. So we can't minimize the danger, certainly, but uh, what it does in terms of protecting people here is unbelievable. <laughs> All right, so take me back to the summer of 1984. How far before that did you decide to make Aliyah? Officially or before? I always knew I was going to make Aliyah. My question had only been in my mind, do you want to go retired or productive? And I decided to go productive. And about a year or two before that, I had decided I'm going to make Aliyah. I had originally planned September 84, but some other things <laughs> changed it to October. But um, Oh, I thought you literally left at the end of August. That's funny. No, no, I left on October 10th. But, uh, well, I couldn't have left at the end. Of, I got married at the end of right, August. Right, I thought you left at the show. No, right? I left a month later. <laughs> but um, the, the idea was... To come and I gave notice to everybody. And the, it's interesting. I had a very important position, a, a new position at Yeshiva University, and I was teaching all those years. And I didn't. Not only didn't I get epis, even in Marasha, I didn't get opposition. I got m- things which were equivalent to the Kolaka vote. Good for you. Good, good for you. And one of the people who really encouraged me, even when I got here, was Chaim Bravinda. Wow. He always did. And the things have worked out nicely since then. Baruch Hashem. I can tell you something. I've never looked back. Never said to myself, why did I come here? Or we made a mistake or something. It, 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 the thought never even crossed my mind. Do you know that um, before Nefesh Benefesh existed, you were Nefesh Benefesh for a lot of people. I know. They would turn to you for advice. First of all, you were always very practical. You were always very organized. So you knew you know, to, to tell people how to be Misudar in this entire process, a, a process that's very difficult to stay Misudar in, right? Mm-hmm. And they would ask you for, you know, each step of the way. What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? You even... Or what should I do? Yeah, you even were smart enough, in certain cases, to hold back certain information. Not to discourage people or to allude to the fact that something might go wrong. You're right. That It has to be that way. You can be... I don't want to say beat the system, because you can't beat the system. But you can learn how to work, work the system and work within the system. And you learn... The things that you, it doesn't tell you to be prepared for. I'll give you an example. You learn when you go into a, an office, uh, some packet, you always have with you pictures. You always have with you all the information that you think that they won't ask for. Because <laughs> they're going to ask. Because they're, they're going to ask, and you have to go back and come and get online again. <laughs> and it takes a long time each time you get on that line. That's right. You don't want to. You don't want to do it more than once. Oh, the f- very good tips from you. Then Nefesh Benefesh comes around, and you know your, your job gets easier. Nefesh Benefesh was a was a bracha, because before Nefesh Benefesh, you basically dealt with the Jewish agency and the shlichim. My shlich, I think, became a, a opened the pizza store in New Jersey. Um, it it was not 
they weren't as helpful as they could have been. And not only that, they didn't have, they never had the ideas that Nefesh, the Nefesh did, such as having people from Israel Panim on the plane right. and doing things and easing things. Instead of putting up every obstacle you can imagine, it was just the opposite. So people came through Nefesh Benefesh. Half the problem was solved. Coming out, coming off the airplane with your papers and your Tudat Zehut or your Tudat Oleh or even even information on Kupat Cholim, these are big steps. These are important steps. You, you know, you take it lightly and you make a mistake. You can't undo the mistake easily. At what point in the last 30 years did you finally say to yourself, you know, I'm an Israeli. You know, I am a... I'm, I'm an real, American Israeli. I'm right, but I'm a real resident here. Like at what point? I was, was there, right away. There was no episode or no, a, no. a point where you started thinking mm. in Hebrew or anything like that. I still don't think in Hebrew. You still think it. Most people think in their in their native language. Actually, the trick is you ask them to count. Well, what language do they do their what's their the calculations? And right. That's the that's the that's their their native language. Truth is, I always felt that way. I, I knew what I was getting into. I knew the country very well. I had been coming here, you remember that, every year. In right. fact, I had even spent a sabbatical year here. So I really knew what I was getting into. Uh, and I always felt, uh, as soon as I came, I'm, now, now I'm officially an Israeli. That doesn't mean I'm not, I'm not an American citizen. We pay taxes just like everybody else. But, but you felt right away that I'm, I, I belong here. This is my place. Uh, what do you say to people who are considering moving to Israel? A lot of North Americans listening no. to this program right now. Well, the French are moving because they have to. Right. Only the smart ones are. Uh, I have to say that it's not for everybody. You know, it sounds funny. You have to. Be, it has to be right for you. I also say there are windows. When someone says, "Oh, I'm not coming this year," that doesn't mean you can come next year, because there are windows. There are your children. There's education. There's a lot of things that that take place. So God opens up certain win or whatever you want to say. How if God opens it up or it just happens naturally, there are certain windows in your life. Miss it? You got to wait till the window opens again. So you have to make sure it's for you. Don't expect everything to be ready for you or everything to be good for you. But I always had a few pieces of advice. Number one, getting a job. The chances of you getting a job while you're still in America are slim. And if you get it, you don't know you're going to come and you're going to hear the words, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. What we told you, you're not gonna, we're not going to do. Often because they don't know if you're really going to come. Because people got messed up enough that they said they were coming. They made all the, the organization here or the company here made all the plans. And they said, oh, we decided we're coming next year. So... First of all, to be here. Second of all, to be very flexible. You can't say, because I did this particular thing in America and I have to have this particular type of job, you won't get it. What my advice always has been, find something that you personally excel in. Because if you go up against an Israeli who has the same qualifications as you do, you won't get the job because he has, a, he has a cousin you don't have. <laughs> and knows the language better than you do. <laughs> that, that, even, even when that's not the problem. Right. But there are enough things here which really almost everybody has special talents and those talents, and you'll see that most successful people are that way. They found a niche that they could fit in and do better than everybody else, and, and then they're very happy here. Finally, I have to acknowledge that uh, without you I wouldn't be where I am now. Uh, you're one of the key people in, uh, in, in getting me this gig, so yeah. to speak. You mentioned the new job at Yeshiva University yeah. 30 years ago. That was a key for me in terms of, uh, getting to WFMU originally. So I thank you all these years you're later. I have to answer, it's one thing. I was talking before about things that are coincidental. Right. This was another example of the coincidences. If I can tell this, just part of the story, I know you've told it before. Uh, Nachum had come into me in my office, in my new office as director of student activities. And one of the things he had told me, uh, was that he wanted he had wanted this job and they gave it to somebody else without a without any kind of 
reason or anything, probably good, somebody's cousin. Right. And he was disappointed. That passed. And a few months later, I got a phone call from Norman Laster, who started to introduce himself. I said, you don't have to introduce yourself. I know who you are. He's looking for somebody to lead, this, to take over the show. I said, but you got a new guy. He says, he's, got, he's history. <laughs> so I said, I have the perfect person. There's a person, he's the, he's the director of WYUR, the Yeshiva University's radio station. I know him very well. He's reliable. He's everything like that. And that's how the shidduch was made. Well, there were little rough spots in the beginning, as you recall, but, but the next thank God. morning, the yeah. next morning, I was on the air. Yeah, unbelievable. Mazal tov, Larry. Thank you to you and Marsha Waxman. It's been an amazing thirty years in Aritz. It certainly has. It happened back in October of 1983, and I thank you for being here today. 1984, excuse me. How can I say thirty years? Uh, and I thank you for being here today. It's my pleasure. Tadaraba. Here we are at the end. And thank you for coming. I appreciate that. We appreciate that. Inbal Hotel, everybody. Ninth floor, Executive Lounge, Mir Peset on the patio, overlooking the old city. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Oh, just a moment. That was my technical mistake. <laughs> there we go. We need this in here, don't we? Uh, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, um, here on a Monday morning, Tuba'av at JM in the AM. Here he is with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. It says in Shmos, Usually, in order for a people to become a nation, they have to dwell in the same land where they were born and raised. If they become uprooted from their land and have to move elsewhere, they can't always maintain their own nationality. B'nai Yisrael, however, became a nation before they reached Eretz Yisrael. We have always been a nation, no matter which land we have gone to. The Yalkut Chodesh explains that the same language is employed with reference to Eretz Yisrael, the Holy Land, as the expression that is used for the Torah. Torah Tzivolonu Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu commanded us the Torah, Moshe, it is an inheritance, Kehilas Yaakov, for the Kehila of Yaakov. Because the inheritance of Eretz Yisrael is not something that a person has an everlasting schustu. We have this privilege if we live a life according to Torah. Our claim to Eretz Yisrael depends on Klal Yisrael guarding our nationality through Shmir Samitzvus in Torah learning. The Michtam Elio says, The fact that we have a Yishuv in Eretz Yisrael today is a nace. It's a miracle. It is among the great chasodim that Hashem has bestowed upon His nation. We are able to come from one extreme, the point of Chorben Europa, the Holocaust, to the other extreme, and reestablish the yeshivas in the great centers of Yiddishkeit in Eretz Yisrael. We have to remember, though, there is an Eretz Yisrael de la Mata and an Eretz Yisrael Shalmaila, one that is below and one that is above. They both must exist simultaneously. We say in davening, Dovar Tziva Le'elef Dor, it has been thousands of years since we have gone into Golos, into the exile. How does the Ava, the great love, remain in our heart? The Michtam Elio explains, it's because of the holiness of Eretz Yisrael. That Kedusha continues to draw us near, no matter how long the bitter Golos is. This is the Yerusha, the inheritance that we have from Avraham Avinu. He was Moshe Nefesh. He self-sacrificed for the Nisayan, the challenge of Lech Lecha. 
The Talmidim of the Belzarebi, Reb Shalom of Belz, had drawn water for the Maim Shalono, the special water which is used to bake matzahs. When they finished their task, they were leaving the water overnight to use the next day. They wished the Rebbe, L'shona haba Yerushalayim, next year in Yerushalayim. The Rebbe asked, why next year? We can take this water that we drew today and we can bake matzahs in Yerushalayim and eat them in the presence of Mashiach tomorrow. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. and the A.M. always special when Rabbi Goldwasser addresses our, uh, and mentions uh, Jerusalem and speaks about Jerusalem, especially when we're here in Jerusalem. Uh, it is a Monday broadcast on this Tuba'av at J.M. and the A.M. and we're at the Inbal Hotel overlooking the Holy City. Shimmy Stein is here, everybody. Yes, Shimmy Stein has stopped by to say hello and sends best regards to everybody at the Mizrahi, Apollo Mizrahi, uh, where his heart still is, even if he moved, where, to Bergen County? He's in Bergenfield, New Jersey. The Ginsburg family. Is that happy birthday, too? To Sari Willig. And the Ginsburgs are here from the five towns, I believe, right? And I'm going to give a special shout-out to Dr. Ari Ginsburg and his family. And we have other special guests who are here as well. I mentioned Dr. Rich Roberts just landed in Israel. He's one of those people that didn't cancel a trip. He's one of those people that scheduled a trip. When it came to expressing solidarity with brothers and sisters in the Holy Land, he's here with his wife, Devorah. He's here with his daughter, Rivka. I'm told that Bracha and Shaya have already started exploring the Holy Land. Uh, so they're also here uh, getting the run of the country. And to Dr. Rich Roberts, I say welcome back to JM in the AM. Good to be back in the saddle with you, uh, Nachum. I appreciate that. You'll recall uh, the couple of visits you made to Jersey City. We had an opportunity the first time to discuss your... Uh, Incredible uh, medication for gout, which people still use to uh, to their benefit, right? That was uh, yes. That was your first visit, and then the second visit, we had an opportunity to talk politics and some of the different things that you wanted to pursue, the agenda that you felt the country needed, the country in this case meaning the United States, and some of the government officials that you've had the opportunity to uh, work with over the last few months, and uh, we could discuss all of that again. But today, issue number one is Israel. Uh, I see you're hobbling a bit twisted or sprained or broke something, I assume? Well, we're not talking about my uh, mental status. We're talking about <laughs> yeah, but I meant hobbling, I meant literally. <laughs> talking about my ankle. Yes, on uh, Shabbos morning, Sabbath morning, I was walking down the steps, getting dressed, you know, my eyes were half open, got my socks in one hand, my tie in the other, and uh, there were two steps when I left when I thought there was only one. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so a little mishap, and some people might say, all right, I got to cancel the trip, I can't go on crutches. But you said no. We're still going to Israel. Well, it was it, it was almost that, only the opposite. Uh, you know, when um, Rav Chaim Velazhenar wanted to start the yeshiva movement, and he went to the Vilna Gaon, and the Vilna Gaon says no, you can't do it. The next year, Rav Chaim Velazhenar came back and, and told the Vilna Gaon all of the obstacles that were being put in his way. Then the Vilna, Vilna Gaon said, "Go for it, start the yeshiva movement," because the uh, the way the Yetzirah, where the evil inclination or the forces that try to try to work against us and doing things to change the world for the better. The way they work is when they see something is really meaningful, uh, that's when they really will uh, will crank up the opposition. So um, yeah, uh, twisting my ankle, having it swelled up and being on crutches just made me doubly certain that we should be here. There you go. And the Yitzhahara sometimes is, uh, is dressed up as the media, as brainwashing, as telling people that it's very dangerous here, that you shouldn't come and show solidarity. 
Thank God people like you are able to overcome that and arrive in Israel nonetheless. Uh, Dr. Rich Roberts is here. Um, so aside from being here with your family, you want to do some things, some concrete things to show solidarity with Israel. I know that you're planning on making some visits today that will be uh, meaningful both for your family and for people you're visiting. Yes, I mean, our, our primary objective was just to come come here to Israel where tourism is a little, is a little light now because of the um, the conflict that's been going on. And to, uh, you know, I remember a rabbi from Eshat Torah, uh, I forget his name, said, you know, said a lot of American Jews believe that Israel uh, should it should not give up one inch of land up to the very last drop of Israeli blood. Right. Uh, they sit in the, in, 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 the, in America and espouse these views. And, you know, if you... Uh, if you really feel that you're a part of it and you're really willing to sacrifice for it, and, and, and also, what are we talking about, right? Iron Dome has caught almost every single missile of, or, or rocket of any significance. Um, the, the country is is safer than most places that we live in in the United States. So it's more of a perceptive perce- perception of risk than there is real risk. Um, so I wanted to be here with my family and support the, the country and um, we're going to go to Sidero tomorrow, which is right on the border, right on the Gaza border. And if uh, if they shoot a rocket over at me, I'll just grab it before it hits the ground and I'll throw it back. Quite a strategy you have, I must say. Uh, Dr. Rich <laughs> Roberts is here. Uh, so call a couple of Can I say you. one thing, though? I'm Certainly. Sorry. That, that I'm getting older now, so not as strong as I was. I might need two hands to throw the rocket back instead of one. All right. Still a very interesting strategy. <laughs> uh, Dr. Roberts is here with his family, encouraging everybody, if you have a trip planned, keep it on the calendar. If you don't have one planned, get one planned ASAP. Now, we always talk about... In the political sense, uh, the amazing support that Israel has in Congress. Um, I don't want to say, maybe I, maybe I would say uh, uh, questionable support from the White House. Obviously, the White House gets credit for uh, funding of Iron Dome, many other things. But there is a little bit of friction sometimes in the White House and Jerusalem. You have a unique perspective because you know members of Congress. You know members who are in the United States Senate. You know members who are in the United States House of representatives, what is your feeling about Amer- American government officials that you've met and their attitude toward Israel? Um, <laughs> Israel has done a magnificent job this time in all the conf- in all the conflicts I've ever seen Israel involved in. Israel has done by far the best job this time in communicating the facts out to the world in ways that uh, that educate um, our friends and our foes and and all the people in between. Um, you know, as, as bad as some of the ridiculous anti-Semitic or unreasonable um, positions have been by people in the UN or certain protesters that are against our position, uh, in fact, the, the facts are overwhelmingly uh, supportive of the conclusions that Israel has acted in the most humane fashion, whereas Hamas has acted in the most inhumane fashion, and that Israel has tried to make compromises and Hamas is strictly devoted, uh, strictly to the, the, the killing of every Jew everywhere in the world. Um, and even the, the most, even, except for the most crazy, irrational, uh, die-hard anti-Semites, um, even in the United Nations, you'll see now, positions softening as they, as ceasefires go into place, both sides agree to it, and Hamas uses the ceasefire as an opportunity to launch a suicide attack on three Israeli soldiers and try to kidnap one of them back uh, into Gaza as a hostage. Um, and I know, you know Secretary, Secretary of State Kerry um, needed an education in that regard, and he has certainly now gotten that education. Whether whether he'll stick with that with that education of seeing really 
so clearly who's right and who's wrong here, who's civilized and who's uncivilized, or whether he's simply going to fall back onto his onto his leftist ideology. That that I I can't tell you, but he's certainly been given pause. Uh, so should I talk about individual politicians? Well, I was going to ask. We we know that you're you're very close with Senator Rand Paul. Uh, you know many other members of the United States Senate and the United States House of Representatives. Would you consider these people good, reliable friends? I know a lot of people in the political realm, so I would generally go one by one. Uh, so Senator Rand Paul, yeah, I had lunch with him for about an hour and a half uh, two Wednesdays ago. Was it, no, I think it was, what is, it was last Wednesday in Washington. Um, and he, it, he said that he's co-sponsoring uh, the additional $225 million of aid, uh, in addition to the uh, $351 million or so that's in the fiscal 2015 budget uh, for foreign aid for Israel for Iron Dome development. Right. Now, the th- the, th- that, that measure would pass with or without him, would overwhelmingly pass with or without him. But um, I find Rand, I've always found Rand Paul to be a person who is strictly committed to his principles and if this was not consistent with his principles, he wouldn't um, co-sponsor such a bill. So that, that I think, is a very positive sign. <laughs> I'll tell you another um, little little story about that meeting. We were in a period called the three weeks when I had that luncheon with him. And the three weeks, as Orthodox Jews, we don't uh, we're in a period of mourning because of the loss of the of the first and the second. Whole, uh, <clears throat> I think we just got cut off. Check that. I think I think we're on. Yeah, we're on. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, the first and second uh, holy temples in Jerusalem were right. destroyed. Uh, one around uh, the about 340 BCE, and the other one around 70 AD. Um, so I go. I had gotten. From, I received from a rabbi uh, who is a Jewish law expert a rabbinical dispensation to get my hair cut and get get a shave <laughs> before the meeting with Rand Paul because I don't want to present. You know, I must you always, want to look your best. And for three weeks with you no know, shaving and no uh, haircut, it's, it look a little unkempt. It's not the impression I would necessarily want to give. But um, as I thought about it, we got about two days before the meeting. I said, you know what? Let him know. Let him see that about six to seven hundred years before Muhammad was ever born, let alone the, the let alone the Islamic religion was ever created, but about six hundred years before he was ever born. We started mourning the loss of our second temple. And still do it today. And still do it today. Excellent. So uh, that's what I did. And in that little luncheon I had with Rand, I have a picture of him holding a book from, by a rabbi in Lakewood, Rav Shimon Eider, on the Jewish laws of the three weeks. And I also brought two coins along that I have. One is a coin where the Jewish rebellion of Bar Kokhba, which I think was around the year 130 or so, they would take Roman coins and they would stamp on the Roman coins uh, their Jewish symbols right. as a rebellion. One of the coins shows a picture of the Second Holy Temple. You know, you look on coins, you have pictures of things there. And it was a crude coinage. They, they used crude coinage technology in those days. But you, but you see that, you know, the columns of the, and, and the, the roof of the, of the uh, second temple on the coin. And inside is the Arn Kodesh, the Holy Ark. And I pointed out to Rand Paul, I said, so this is the year, around the year one, you know, 130, which is again 500 years before Muhammad was ever born. And here we are in, this, in, in the land of Israel, and that ark you see is from the Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's the ark. <laughs> 
the second coin, <laughs> right? Then, and then there's, I flipped over the coin, and, and we have uh, symbols from our holiday of Sukkot there, right. and I explained to them all about that. Then the second coin is a Roman coin, and it, it has in the front of it a, a picture of Vespasian. Vespasian was the Roman general who started the second, you know, the siege leading to the destruction of the temple uh, the second time around the year, you know, you know the end of the year 70, yeah. And halfway through the siege, um, Vespasian was called back to Rome to become Caesar, and Vespasian's son, Titus, or Titus, took over as the general and finished the destruction of the temple. Um, so there's a great picture of Vespasian there, and it says in Latin, but a lot of those, lot of those letters are similar in, to English letters, and it says Vespasian is Caesar, and on the back side of the coin, which I showed Rand Paul, with my beard that I'm in mourning for the destruction of the temple and with a book on the laws of our, of our mourning for the destruction of the temple 600 years before Muhammad was ever born. On the back of it, when someone dies in the Jewish religion, we sit shiva. We have a period of shiva where the mourners do not sit on regular chairs. They sit on chairs very low to the mm-hmm. ground or on the ground. And there on the other, other side of the coin is a Jewish a person sitting on the ground in Shiva, the Roman soldier over over him or her. So it, I thought it, was, it helped to, uh, in a very concrete way, show him, show Senator Paul our connections. I'm not a big fan of your rocket strategy. I'm a very big fan of your three-week strategy. I think that was extremely <laughs> effective. Finally, I was joking about one, serious about the other. I'll let you try to figure out which one. Yeah. Thank God I got it. Uh, finally, Dr. Roberts, um, you're going to see soldiers today. Uh, you mentioned that uh, uh, either today during your trip or in Stay Road tomorrow, you're going to see Israeli soldiers. And, you know, people like myself go over to soldiers, say thank you, and sometimes don't know what else to say. Is there anything magnanimous that comes to mind, a message that you might give to the Israeli soldiers after traveling 6,000 miles to see them? So I'll tell you this. I have to correct something on what you said. I'm not sure if I'm seeing soldiers or not. Uh, because I have political connections, I could get in to see soldiers. But I'm not interested in doing something that makes myself feel good for a political you know, gain. Or right, for, but as you for, walk the streets tourist. of Stay Road, you might so, see some. Huh? Yeah, yeah, so if right. if... So we're going to try to determine if our going in and visiting soldiers is helpful and wanted by the soldiers, then that's fine. But if right. I am, if we are in any way, because we're tourists, we're going to be getting in the way of their military efforts or their medical recovery efforts. I'm, I'm not here to serve me. I'm here to serve them. Understood. But the message would be, if you would see them. Would be thank you. Would be thank you. You're no different than me or any other Jew alive today or any other Jew that's been alive in, in all of history. You're on the front line. It was you today. It could have been us tomorrow or, or, or yesterday um, and in any country, in any era. Um, and they represent the, the best of those who are willing to sacrifice themselves or risk themselves to, to save the Jewish people. You're in a building where they're very concerned about North American tourism right now. You can imagine. The Inbal Hotel and every other hotel in this country. So on behalf of everybody here to you and your family, I say thank you. Thank you for making the trip. And I'm sure it will encourage other people from our area of the United States to come to Israel in the next few weeks. I hope they will. It's it's, uh, not that crowded and beautiful and sunny and dry, and it's a great time to come. It is beautiful here. Thank you, Dr. Roberts. Thanks. We'll see you. Great seeing you. And nice reuniting in the holy city of Jerusalem. More coming up. This is... A Monday morning Tuba'av broadcast at JM in the AM. As we continue, we will meet our friends from the Inbal Hotel who are going to be joining us.
That'll happen in just a few minutes right here at JM and the AM, and we'll also have a uh, a nice visit from Rabbi Steve Berg, who's brought along uh, a very special guest uh, here in our makeshift studio that's coming up as well, and uh, plenty more if you keep it here on a Monday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. in the a.m. on a uh, Monday morning, Tubav. That's why we keep playing wedding music, because people got married last night, Tubav, tonight, Tubav. A lot of people making weddings now after the three weeks. You know how it is. By the way, I uh, Simon left already. I wanted to say uh, good morning to Simon Jacob. He He's one of the people that has made this trip absolutely amazing for us. Dr. Joe already left last night. He was also an amazing person for us this trip, and Simon is leaving later this morning, so I uh, I thank him for everything. He was here taking some pictures. If he's not participating in the program, he's got a camera in his hand. Simple as that. And, uh, oh, Rabbi Sharbat also left with Joe last night. And I thank Rabbi Nate Siegel, my nephew uh, Shlomo, who were here as well. Big thank you to PC Guy. Rabbi Bird couldn't believe it that he met P- the PC Guy. Uh, <laughs> He was ecstatic. Amazing. There you go, Rabbi Berg is here. Uh, PCGuy.thepcguy.co.il, thepcguy.co.il, number one when it comes to uh, 
PC repair, even from thousands of miles away. We've acknowledged that a million times here on this radio program. And I remind you that Mayor Weingarten is coming up with the Israel Show at 9 o'clock this morning, right after JM and the AM on the stream at jmnam.org. Make sure to be tuned into the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, Rabbi Steve Berg, of course, uh, Simon Wiesenthal Center. He is here in Jerusalem. A pleasure to welcome you here. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Simon Wiesenthal Center does have some big plans for this city. Oh, very big. Yeah. Uh, up, update at this point? Or? Big, big time construction. Yeah, we're uh, less than two years away from the grand opening of our uh, third museum here, right here in the heart of Yerushalayim. And is there anything we could see at this point? Like, would the average passerby know what's going on? Or yeah, not? I mean, you walk by, there's constant construction. Constant construction going on now, and it's right behind the plaza kind of between the plaza and David Citadel in front of uh, the Waldorf right there. Huge construction project. Uh, we'll have a thousand-person amphitheater there. I mean, it's just going to ah, be an so amazing it's further place. down from the park. Right next to I'm Ben I'm looking at the wrong place. Now right. I understand. Kind of at the end, yeah. And that whole area is going to be this incredible museum. Incredible, yeah. All right, and we'll get more updates, of course, as time goes by. You've brought with us, or you've brought for us a special guest. Roy Cho is here. It's his first visit to Israel. He's actually going to be on the ballot in September, November? In November. In November. <laughs> in New you know, I'm a New Yorker. It all happens in September. You know what I mean? Uh, in District Number 5 uh, for the United States Congress, United States House of Representatives. Uh, that uh, includes Teaneck and Bergenfield and Fairlawn, towns that are very, very familiar to us here at JM and the AM. Roy Cho, welcome to JM and the AM. Thank you so much for having me. Imagine that we're meeting for the first time here in Jerusalem. It's amazing. I'm when so did you happy arrive here. here? Just this morning, just a few hours ago. All right. Any initial impressions? Not uh, a bad-looking place, huh? Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. It is absolutely remarkable. I mean, you can't you can't make this up. How incredible it is here it's today. Gorgeous. And it's like this every day, especially during the summer. And the sun is shining, and the weather's beautiful, and the uh, temperature seems to be perfect. And you get to enjoy it with all of us. Thank you for being here. There are a lot of people who are government officials and aspiring government officials who don't make the time to come here at a time like this. And frankly, members of our own community, as we've been saying all morning, sometimes find an excuse to avoid Israel at a time like this. It's amazing to have someone like yourself, a high-profile figure now in the political scene in Bergen County, to come and show support for Israel. Oh, Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here, so I really appreciate that. Uh, this message of solidarity, is it one that you could take back with you? Do you think that you could convince tens or hundreds of people to make the same trip and to come and enjoy Jerusalem? Absolutely. I think that especially now, given everything that's happening over here, I thought that it was really important for me to be able to come out here and show support. Um, so I'm just really happy to be here. So. On your itinerary today, you're going to be heading to the city of Stay Road. Yes, I am. Now, you never know with the enemy. Because there's a ceasefire right now, so things could be quiet, and obviously we pray that they are. But if, God forbid, they decide to uh, to start things up again, you're going to be in Stay Road. You might actually see one of the most important mm-hmm. mechanisms with, that has uh, that has been supported by the United States Congress in action. That's, of course, Iron Dome. First of all, I'm sure you're mesmerized like we are by the mm-hmm. entire thing, how, how the whole thing operates which is amazing. And thank God there's United States Congress support for it. I would hope that that's something that you would bring with you and continue as a tradition in Congress once you're there. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is, um, from the United States' perspective, in terms of what we can do to really show support, I think it really comes down to federal dollars and the fact that we have you know, a, a commitment to provide you know, $3.1 billion you know, every, every fiscal year, uh, allocated $440 million that goes specifically towards Iron Dome. Um, I recognize the critical importance of it. Actually, just about a year ago, I went to a Young Leadership Conference, a gala, in New York City, and um, it was sponsored by the Young Leadership Board of APAC. 
And um, I was able to see this incredible presentation that the chief engineer of Iron Dome gave. And they had this this video that I saw that was one of the more impressive things that I've seen. It was this wedding celebration that was going on and rockets basically being fired over. And just it was really, really impressive just to be able to see the incredible technology that goes into this really, really important project. So, yeah, we were joking earlier that now instead of uh, running for shelter, some people go to the roof to take pictures of it. That's how reliable it's been. Uh, it really is incredible. All right, wh- why run for Congress? You know, some people are down on uh, on running for Congress. You know, yeah, uh, that's some, right. Some people would question that somebody want to be exposed to the whole election process and the whole campaigning process. Why did you decide to run in the fifth district in New Jersey? Sure, I think um, you're right. I think you have a tremendous amount of cynicism right now, based upon what government hasn't been able to do. Uh, we have historically now one of the most least productive Congresses in history. I think even Harry Truman's famous Do Nothing Congress from 1948 was able to send 900 bills to the president's desk, and this one is sending luck. I think they'll, they'll be lucky to crack 100. So I think realistically, there's a tremendous amount of dysfunction and gridlock. And people ask me all the time, you know, why do you want to run? And I think the reality is for me, you know, my parents are immigrants. They came over here from South Korea in 1982. And my father was able to start a business because of a loan that he secured through the New Jersey Economic Development Authority, and which is how he got his foothold and started an American business. So I think from a very young age, my parents have made it clear to my family, my sister and I, that you know what happens in government at the local, state, and federal level, this stuff actually matters. There's a human tangible impact to what either happens or doesn't happen in government. And I think that a lot of that has really been lost, I think, in the discourse and the political dysfunction. So, Having a family background from Korea, how does that uh, affect your view of... Uh I don't know, North Korea, places like Iran, and uh, those are developing nuclear weapons. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, in terms of the foreign policy perspective, I think there's a tremendous amount of parallel and overlap in terms of what we've seen. Um, you know, I think my parents are obviously, you know, immigrants from South Korea, so they're able to see the, the dance that kind of occurred and were able to kind of see what, you know, Kim Jong-un was able to do and what even before that what predecessors were able to do with nuclear power basically being, or the possibility of having nuclear power being the real only bargaining trip, trip that North Korea had. And to be able to see them use that effectively, and you saw the U.N. weapons inspectors go in and basically be fooled, um, and you recognize the critical importance of South Korea being so geographically close, you know, right past the DMZ to somebody like, you know, Kim Jong-un and this, this despot, and, um, you know, also the work camps that they have in North Korea. There's a tremendous amount of parallel. So I think from a foreign policy perspective, what you're seeing right now with Iran, you recognize that we've seen this before. Right? I think the reality is, despite a friendly tweet that may go out, you recognize the people that control are really the Ayatollahs, and you recognize that they're... Um, is a really fundamental, important, you know, responsibility that America has and the, and, the, and the rest of the world has to really police this and make sure that we recognize the reality that sanctions work. Sanctions is what brought Iran to the table in the first place. And I think these half measures where we've been able to implement sanctions and then move back, I think, are very dangerous because I think it sends a wrong message and it provides Iran with the ability to kind of have some leverage. Well, you certainly, uh, you, you sound like you mean business, and we need people in government in the United States uh, who mean business, especially when it comes the foreign policy at this time. Rabbi Berg, how long do you know each other? A few hours or a few years? <laughs> well, we, we met probably about six months ago, oh, and nice. uh, we had coffee. And uh, at the end of the coffee, I said, hey, would you like to come for Shabbos? So he came <laughs> for Friday night dinner and uh, met my family, and we, we brought him over to my shul for a chillant cook-off, believe it or not. And uh, he got to vote for the winning chillant, which I uh, did. my son made. It's delicious. And there was no fix in there at all. <laughs> Nobody went <laughs> no, with the Korean no, influence no, no. of the chillant? They didn't, they didn't try to cheat in that way? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, it's just been such a great relationship and you know we've been we've been talking about Israel and I, I keep hearing Roy talk about it. I said you know what you, you're you give a better pitch than, than myself or anyone else but you need to go see it and uh, they agreed and here he is for 36 hours on the ground fantastic and boy can you accomplish a lot in 36 hours in Israel yes that's a lesson we learn every single trip Robert yes. Ryberg. Um, uh, Roy Cho is from Hackensack he's a corporate attorney in New York City now we know one of the reasons why you're so well spoken corporate attorney after all 
And uh, please, God, if you win this thing in November, and I didn't know this piece of trivia, you would be the first Korean American to serve in the United States Congress. I actually be the uh, the only, but there's one in there's one in California. This is in the 90s. But um, so if I win, I'd be the second. Oh, you'd be the only one in this specific That's right. Congress. Exactly. Yep. And obviously the first in New Jersey. Absolutely. Uh, District five, where Roy Cho is running, includes Teaneck, Bergenfield, Fairlawn towns. Very, very familiar to this audience. He's in Israel for the first time. I thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much, Malcolm. I really you. appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Uh, pleasure to meet you, uh, Rabbi Berg. Anything you want to add? Anything you want to tell the people out there? about uh, coming to Israel. We've been trying to continue this message of keeping trips on the calendar, not canceling anything, anything you could add to all that. Yeah, you have to come now. It's just, it's you know, you walk the streets here, and, and you know, we Roy and I have been talking about it since the second we hit the ground. You know, and you, you walk out in, in, in the airport, and the first thing we saw was arrows pointing to the closest bomb shelter That's in right. the airport. That's right. It's the so first you, sign you see. You know, first sign you see. And uh, you know what? Uh, you got to come now and, and walk the streets and, and experience it because Israel needs you. You know, they don't need you in six months from now. If God willing, is quiet. They need you now, you know, to, to come down. And they also need people to advocate on the Internet and all around the world. And we should also not forget our European brethren who are experiencing tremendous anti-Semitism now, greater, you know, in France, we make up 1% of the population and 50% of the hate crimes. So we also have to remember them as well. And this is something I do with the Simon Wiesenthal Center deal with on a daily basis. A if, daily if, basis. If people want to... If people want to see how serious the situation is, read Ryer Berg's comments, and you will see just the direction that European jury is taking, and we know it's not far behind in some our, other areas Our well. representative in France had his tires slashed recently. Yeah, there you go. That's just one example. All uh, right, Steve Berg, I thank you. Roy Cho, I thank you. It's hour number two is complete from the Inbal Hotel, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Get back to California Gonna round up every Jew I've ever known I'm gonna sit down, right down there in front of me Gonna take out this guitar and sing a multi song Praying three times a day to him Throw away the cars and bars The stocks and bones And up catalogs Grab a boat of planes Need to swim See some folks Got a Lincoln Continental Tinted glass So nobody sees it just one time a light to roll down the window Say you ain't gonna fool the law with this hunk of tin
times a day to him. Throw away the cars and bones, the stocks and bones, and up cab loans. Grab a boat of flames. Good morning, everybody. Hour number three on this incredible Tubav morning at the Inbal Hotel. We've been telling you all through our journey to Israel that the Inbal has been our incredibly hospitable host. Took us back to the old days. The Inbal and the uh, JM&AM program go back to an amazing era in the early 2000s. And we were working together constantly and encouraging, um, encouraging people to, uh, to come to Israel stay at the Inbal. So many of our Yeshiva League groups ended up in the Inbal Hotel during January vacation. It was really an amazing era, and I'm proud to say that uh, we were able to replicate that uh, during this trip here today because of the incredible people at the Inbal. A big thank you uh, to Roni Timzit, the general manager who just stopped by a few moments ago. I thanked him for the hospitality. A big thank you to our um, longtime friend, Joanne Oates, who's been here for quite a while, and is always uh, helpful to us when we're in Jerusalem. And a big, big thank you to Alex Herman, who joins me live here on the Merpeset, on the, on the patio of the ninth floor executive lounge here at the Inbal Hotel. Alex is the vice president of sales and marketing. He has welcomed us with open arms, and we get a chance to discuss this incredible hotel here at JM and the AM. Alex, Boker Tov. Boker Tov to you. Nice to see you. Nice to have you on the air. And boy, is it nice to stay at the Inbal Hotel. We've had an incredible, incredible stay here. And uh, one of the reasons is because of the warm hospitality. Um, Thank you. It, it's funny. I was joking with somebody that um, I'm on one of the floors that's been renovated recently and that's yeah. absolutely beautiful. Thank you. And it just seems like everything was renovated a, a few months or a couple of years ago. But apparently in the hotel business, if you want to stay A1 like you guys are, it's something that has to be done on a constant basis. You know, you're absolutely right. It has to be done all the time. But we have been renovated a few of our floors in the last few months. And a matter of fact, we are renovating another floor those days, which right. will be renovated and ready before the Chagim. Um, yeah, the hotel's business is a market where you need to keep investing. Um, nevertheless, what the situation is, you need to put money inside and make sure that you're going to be on the top and the leading hotel. Well, what that's the, what we're doing. What are we considering the executive floors now? I the, see seven and eight are executive floors. Seven, right? eight, and nine are executive floors where everything was renovated, rooms, bathrooms, hallways, the executive lounge where we're sitting now, having an espresso machine. Everything is new and renovated. We're now renovating the sixth floor, 
which is going to be one of our superior rooms, but they're going to be renovated as well. Again, hallways, rooms, bathrooms. Um, in a matter of fact, yesterday we opened our lounge, which we renovated for the last few weeks. Where is that? And located? it was ready. That's on the lobby level. When you, where you go to the breakfast, yeah. uh, from today, if you paid attention, it looks totally different. It's yeah. all renovated. Interesting. I yeah. gotta check that out. Yes, please. I hope our guests didn't, uh, take too much advantage of the executive lounge. I no, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, they should enjoy the view and the food and everything here. Yeah, the view here is absolutely remarkable. People have to see it to believe it. Alex Herman is here in Bal Hotel here in Jerusalem. Um, all right, so we talked about the rooms. We know that there's constant improvements. Uh, you, you mentioned just a moment ago the uh, I- incredible food. I can attest to how amazing it is. You've actually implemented a, a, a nightly summer barbecue that's open to the public. That's correct. You invite everybody in uh, mm-hmm. to come and enjoy with live music and more, yeah. something that if someone's coming here in the next couple of weeks, they don't even have to stay at the inbound to take advantage of that. You're absolutely right. So they should check that out. Uh, obviously, your restaurant is the same way. Outsiders come in constantly. Uh, that, by the way, that was one of the developments that I think made the inbound different than other hotels that they, I don't know how many years ago it was, but they made a real effort to promote their restaurant and their uh, uh, their luxury accommodations, mm-hmm. you know, that outside of their rooms to the general public. And people can come by, like the health club, and use it and not mm-hmm. even be, you know, somebody who's staying in the hotel. You're right. And, you know, when you mentioned the barbecue that we just opened right. this summer, um, it's both the food and the atmosphere, sitting in the courtyard, enjoying the Jerusalem weather, sitting outside, see the sky, Still, it's warm there, and having great food with the live music, that's a real treatment. You're still doing weddings there in the courtyard? We still do weddings, and you'll see here this week. We're going to have a wedding there as well. There is a wedding yes, there is a wedding this, this week. week. Yeah, yeah. Nothing more beautiful than watching those photos being taken on an afternoon before the wedding. It's just spectacular. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. You know, I have a story to yesterday. Yes. We had guests came into the hotel, and we saw that one of their requests was to have rooms facing the weddings. Usually people asking for the old city view. That, that was the first time. In the yeah, they asked specifically <laughs> to be able to watch the weddings from their room. So, yeah, that's part of the atmosphere here. See, I'm right. It's very exciting when those events take place here. Alex Sermon here in Bal Hotel. We thank them for their amazing hospitality. Check them out online. Really easy to find them. InBalHotel.com. I-N-B-A-L-Hotel.com. Uh, we'll talk about Sukkot in a minute, but do me a favor, Alex. Yeah. Help me yell at the North American Jews. I'm begging you. This is a time where we're trying to convince everybody to keep their trips that are scheduled on the calendar, not to be afraid to come here. We don't want to tell anybody what to do, but we want to give them the correct impression that when they're here, like we are, there's, there's calm, there's beauty, there's peacefulness, and obviously, you know, there's different things they read about in the media, but that's just the, that's the minor part of the day. It's not what's dominating the day here in Israel. I wish they could see now the breakfast dining room, which is packed with people, Thank a lot you. of North American people sitting there, enjoying, smiling, sitting in the courtyard, enjoying the weather, the sun, watching the old city view, meaning that's Israel. Everything is quiet. People are happy. Um, there's no reason why not coming here now. So you're not going to yell as much as I've been yelling. Mm, sorry now. No, you're not going to do that. But <laughs> no, I can, I'm not. I can tell you I've been very harsh. I've been very harsh on everybody to keep, not only to keep the... Uh, uh, the, uh, their trips that are scheduled on the calendar, but to try to at least plan a trip to Israel. And with that in mind, we talk about Sukkot. It is one of the most spectacular holidays in the entire country. Yeah. Uh, the Inbal has something extra special about Sukkot. I mean, a lot of major hotels, it's a beautiful holiday, but there's something here that just makes it extra special. Describe what that week is like for our listeners. You know, Sukkot for us is tomorrow. It's not a week. It's a, pro- <laughs> it's a project. It's a project we already started working on. First of all, you look around and you see that we have a lot of penthouse suites right. with huge terraces where families are coming. We're building them their own sukkah, 
the family coming from all over the world, enjoying the holiday in Jerusalem with the family. When you look at the Sukkot here, we're building like 15 Sukkot. Each one looks different. We have designers who come and stay with us for a week. We already started designing what's going to be the concept for this year. Every year. Every year we have different concepts. Each Sukkot looks different, and we're changing the, the design during Sukkot. So it's a huge project. Food-wise, sorry, but we're all coming also for the food. <laughs> and I don't want to count how many meals people are going to eat here, and that's a huge project. And you know what? And to that also the atmosphere. People coming from North America, five towns, Israel, all over the world. People coming from Europe and staying here. Everyone staying for about ten nights. Sitting together in the sukkah, enjoying the Chag in Jerusalem. What can be better than that? And one of the reasons why the Inbal is so overpacked sometimes on Sukkot is because all the people you just described are inviting plenty of guests just to eat. They have a lot of outsiders guests that they know from the United States and, of course, relatives and friends from Israel, they just bring here. So you can have you know, people who are staying, I don't know, eight people to a suite who have 30 people sitting in their sukkah. That's right. People coming with big gangs, all the family, all their friends, all their yeshiva friends. They invite them over for the hug. Yeah. Uh, early, and there will be a sukkah on the executive There patio, will be a sukkah right? here right as here. well, yes, absolutely. And one of the things we were talking about was that the workers, I don't know, they, they, they've got to be somewhat uh, fearful of the holiday because there's a lot of work to do in order to prepare. To put up 15 sukkot yeah. with different themes can't be easy. But it's fun. I hope it's so. It's still fun, yeah. <laughs> I hope they all think it's fun. Yeah. Uh, inbalhotel.com is the best way for people to check out what's yes, going indeed. on. Yes, indeed. That's it. Uh, inbalhotel.com, and uh, this summer is a very... Very uh, exciting time to be here. There are festivals happening in Yerushalayim. Right. Most of the major events are carrying on, even with the security concerns. It's all taken care of, and right. most of the major events are happening, so people should come and take advantage of them. Don't think you're going to have to come here and stay all day in the hotel room. <laughs> there's plenty to do outside. Yeah, right. And in most of the areas of Israel now, there's free travel, and, and travel is encouraged to those areas without any problem. There's a lot to do outside. There is plenty to do. And uh, anybody out there who wants information about the hotel could either search online or could be in direct contact with the Inbal and their staff uh, through their phone number. It's very easy to find. And uh, we wish you a, uh, a wonderful rest of the summer. Thank you very much. We thank you again for your hospitality. And I hope that people will take advantage. Come to your hotel. Other hotels just come to enjoy Jerusalem and the Holy Land. Thank you very much, and you're all welcome. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Great Later. seeing you, and you have been an amazing host. For us, and we thank you for that. Plenty more coming up. It's hour number three of a JM and the AM special edition from the Inbal Hotel. We are here on the Mir Peset, the porch of the ninth floor executive lounge. It is one incredible view, one absolutely remarkable place to be. Today is Tuba Av, and we are celebrating Jerusalem on this 15th of Av right here at JM and the AM. Here's Diaspora on a Monday morning broadcast. open desert tent History's children in every event are looking for a way to lighten up their load And brighter than the sun you shine Jerusalem, you're on my mind You lift my soul You echo the divine 
providence that guides us so that we may teach and all may know the hand that may admonish or reward has given us this holy space Jerusalem to you I turn I trace my steps back to you now again Jerusalem is calling Jerusalem is calling Hear it echo through the canyons of your mind Until you reclaim the things you've left behind He's telling you this just might be the time Jerusalem is calling Jerusalem is calling
J.M. in the A.M. Talk about overworking PC guy. Not only is he uh, worried about our PC today, he's worried about the video as well, the entire trip. So I thank him for getting the entire thing on video. Uh, Jerusalem is calling was diaspora. Then, of course, uh, this Arye Kunstler song, which is um, the Arye Kunstler song, which is Im Yerushalayim. Hour number three as we broadcast J.M. in the A.M. from the Inbal Hotel, the beautiful Mir Pesset, the lovely patio of the ninth floor executive lounge of the Inbal Hotel with the gorgeous old city of Jerusalem right behind us. It is pretty amazing, let me tell you. Coming up on the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten, he's got another high-quality show. Every show he does is high-quality, but boy, this one is really something special. Uh, the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten happens between 9 and uh, 10 o'clock, right after JM the AM. You can catch it on the Nachum Single Network and jmtheam.org. On the next live edition, Mayor is uh, is going to be um, discussing what all of Israel is talking about, the heroism of Eitan. Eitan is the quiet, shy, 23-year-old Givati officer who ran into a Hamas tunnel looking for Hadar Golden of blessed memory. Eitan ultimately brought back the evidence that convinced the IDF that Hadar was dead. Mayor will share the story in audio clips of an interview with Eitan. Uh, Australia and Canada seem to be Israel's best allies these days. Listen to commentary by an Australian broadcaster analyzing the Gaza situation. There'll be two musical debuts between 9 and 10 this morning. Aaron Razel's brand new version of Nachamu Ami and Ataham Ifakeh Shali, You Are My Commander, written by Yom Kippur war hero Avigdor Kehalani in honor of his 70th birthday. And Mayer will also replay the haunting song, 20,000 People, in memory of all the lone soldiers, and specifically in memory of lone soldier Sean Carmelli, those lone soldiers, of course, that have given their life, uh, and Sean Carmelli, and add in the usual mix of great Israeli music. So right after JM and the AM is when you'll hear all of this on the Nahum Siegel Network. Make sure to be tuned in and leave your app, your Nahum Siegel Network app, and your uh, a stream where it is so you can catch the Israel show with Mayor Weingarten. It's going to be... Unbelievable. Miriam Al Wallach is here on this tuba. I've happy tuba to you. Thank you, sir. Mazel tov to all the chatanim and kalot out there. Mazel tov. Big wedding season now from uh, Shabbos Nachamu uh, until I don't know Rosh Hashanah, I guess. Oh yeah. I don't think anybody's getting married at Rosh Hashanah, but you know, okay. a few days before that. I wouldn't mind. Uh, I have some weddings coming up at the end of August. You do? Yeah. I got nothing. Anybody want to invite me? That's fine. But I got right now, I got nothing coming up at the end of August. You brought the invitations with you. Yeah, they're okay. sitting here. They're sitting here in the community <laughs> calendar. They're in the community calendar. Yeah. Okay. Does that mean the entire community is invited? It means that it's the best place for me to remember where the invitation is. There we go. Okay. All right. You want to do for us a little two bob yep. song, please? I'm going to cue it now. Yes, Lenny Solomon, Schlockrock, his words about two bob at JM in the AM. Binyamin was almost. Outside himself, they were so decreased in numbers, they were allowed to get some help. You rob on put guards and guards to stop us at your door. 
There it is. Tuba Av, JM in the AM with Lenny Solomon and Schlockrock on this Tuba Av morning. We're actually uh, uh, pre-recording our broadcast today. You're listening to this just a few hours after the official uh, presentation of our JM in the AM radio program. Mayor Weingarten coming up with an amazing edition of the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network, jmnam.org. Coming up, you'll hear that here at JM in the AM between 9 and 10 this morning. Reminder that tomorrow is a very special day for us. Nefesh Benefesh, we're going to be greeting 330 Olim, an amazing jumbo jet full of people with 108 lone soldiers and an incredible array of Jewish families from North America who are making Aliyah, who have decided during the summer of 2014, as difficult as this summer may have been for some people, they have decided to come now to the Holy Land, express their support in the most direct way possible by moving to Israel. We'll be there at the airport tomorrow morning. You'll hear the show in its regular time slot. We'll be pre-recording the show from the airport as the plane lands, as the people come off the plane head into the old terminal, whatever ceremony there is, and we know that uh, it likely will not be as elaborate as some, as some of the ceremonies have been over the last few years, actually since the beginning of Nefesh Benefesh. But uh, whatever happens regarding the, regarding the uh, ceremony tomorrow, we will be there to celebrate. We'll be there to acknowledge the incredible accomplishment of uh, the folks who are landing, young and old, and we'll be there to speak with them. I'm sure we'll get some great stories. It really should be remarkable. So make sure to join us, folks, tomorrow morning between 6 and 9 right here at JM in the AM with Nefesh Benefesh back in the studio in Jersey City on Wednesday morning. This Imesh Kachech was done live in concert by Yaakov Shweki here at JM in the AM.
השם. לא צריך להגיד המילים האלו, זה יהיה בית המקדש השלישי. קרוב לימינו אומר. Yerushalayim. That's right. We're we're combining two Bob selections and Yerushalayim selections on this Monday morning broadcast. Two Bob live from the Inbal, or sort of live from the Inbal here at JM the AM. Simon Jacob is here. Last time we spoke with him was in Stay Road. Shalom Ubrahan Nachum. Shalom Boker Tov. So this is what it's like to wake up in Yerushalayim, huh? This is what it's, you know. You know from from a lot of experience. This is the the absolute best. <laughs> this is the absolute best. The way things look, the weather's perfect, the sunshine is beautiful. It's Yerushalayim. And it's Yerushalayim. It's a glow. Exactly. 
Um, so what do you remember from Friday's uh, encounter in Stay Road? You know, people didn't realize, or maybe some did, that we did the show before the Achnasat Sefer Torah. Yeah. There are videos already available for people to see. Facebook has been, people have been sharing the video from the celebration, but that was something extra special at the Ethiopian synagogue in Stay Road. It, it, it certainly was. Um, uh, to be honest, the faces of the people there, uh, of the Ethiopian community there, um, was just amazing. Uh, looking, number one, there's a lot of very beautiful faces. Okay. Hmm. Number two, though, is that even even with that, um, their their push to tell us how much hizuk we were giving them, which was like I couldn't I couldn't understand that at all because I was feeling so much hizuk from them it was unbelievable. But uh, to see their faces and their thankfulness. That, you know, like, they were amazed that we were there and taking them seriously, which was just, uh, it was really amazing. Really beautiful. Everybody had a wonderful time. It was a very uplifting event. The rabbis who spoke, they hit the the points head on and really spoke about it. You know, it's funny. I I was on yesterday. Matis does an amazing show every Sunday, as you know. We call it JM Sunday. It's on the internet. And he asked me, I was here in Israel. We were in Tel Aviv during the day. And he says, uh, you know, what are, you, what are your impressions of what happened on Friday? And I said, listen, Matis, because of what Joe and Simon have done, I now can take my children and grandchildren to Stay Road, to the Opi- Ethiopian synagogue, open up the Arab Kodesh, and open up the Torah and, and show, show them. And show them your father's name. That one of the people it's dedicated to is their grandfather. And you can't make this stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing to have that cashier. It's an unbelievable Kesher to have. Um, actually, I have I have uh, some grandchildren who are uh, related to the chief rabbi, the former chief Sephardic rabbi of Israel, um, Rav Yitzhak Nisim. Right. And when we went to Hebron, and they open up the uh, Aron, and in the in the uh, Avram Avinu synagogue, which is one of the oldest uh, synagogues. Uh, in Hebron, if not the oldest, I think. I, I might be wrong on that, but I don't think so. Um, they opened it up, and inside is a Torah that was given. Uh, Rav Yitzchak Nisim had said, you build a synagogue here, I'm going to be the first one to give you a Sefer Torah. So they opened up the Sefer Torah, and it's dedicated to their grandfather, the great-grandfather. I'm the grandfather. So the great-grandfather, and it's like unbelievable. Um, the Kesher and, and the history, and it's just amazing. So, it is incredible. Um, and finally, on the more mundane, yeah. because Simon and I are committed to encourage everybody to come to Israel, Simon has volunteered that anybody who wants a restaurant recommendation in Jerusalem, you'll be more than happy to consult on that. Uh, I'll get you a discount. Uh, you no problem. Discount? I'll get you a discount. Oh, my gosh. Come now, on. We'll get you That is a real incentive so, for yeah. people to travel Ruch Hashem. Here. See? I knew it. I knew <laughs> so, it. I knew it. Anybody out there who want a wine or restaurant recommendation, Simon says he will guide you properly so that you can eat well. And drink well in Jerusalem. And even we'll figure out where you can get shawarma at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, we thought that was, impo- <laughs> that, we thought that was impossible until yes. this past Sunday morning. Until this past Sunday morning when we eat shawarma and where it was fleshic for breakfast, uh, basari for breakfast. Yeah. So it was, t- it was tough. It was an incredible journey, a unique one to say the least. One Brook thing Hashem. we know, Simon, we may do this again. It'll be a totally different trip, that's for sure. Different every time, but <laughs> Baruch Hashem, it's only more exciting. 
All right. Thank you so much, Simon Jacob. Great to have you here. Thanks for, thanks for making our trip so spectacular. Uh, JM and the AM, as we continue, we are doing songs about Jerusalem for a very, very good reason. We are here in Jerusalem and enjoying an incredible time. And we hope that everybody out there comes here as quickly as possible to enjoy everything that we've been enjoying the last few days. Come on out, everybody. Come on out to the Holy Land and make a commitment to be in Jerusalem and to be in the Holy Land as long as possible during the remainder of this summer and, of course, the upcoming holiday season as well. You will not regret it. Plenty more happening on a Monday morning at JM in the AM.
Done by Lev Tahar. Good song. I like that. Really nice. Uh, we're going to wrap things up with an Odia Shama selection here on this tuba. Of. Big thank you to the Inbal Hotel. Boy, oh boy. Thanks to Alex, Joanne, the entire staff. We had an amazing, amazing show here today and a great visit. Thank you, Inbal Hotel. Go to InbalHotel.com for information. We're on the uh, Executive Lounge, ninth floor Executive Lounge patio, and it's absolutely spectacular. And I thank everybody at the Inbal. Mayor Weingarten coming up. The Israel Show today. He'll be discussing Jewish heroism. And no hero like this Eitan, who uh, is responsible for uh, going after uh, Hadar Golden and uh, recovering what was recovered uh, so that his parents could make a, uh, a funeral for him. That whole story, there's so much more to it. It's all coming up between 9 and 10 with the debut of some great new uh, musical material. And some important words about this uh, war that hopefully has just ended. Uh, if not, then we're in a ceasefire and in a period of time where the IDF and IAF uh, need to do what needs to be done in order to uh, quell the enemy. Um, so Mayor's coming up next with the Israel Show. It's live. It's amazing. Some incredible material. Make sure to be tuned in. We're with Nefesh Benefesh tomorrow morning in the old terminal in Ben Gurion Airport. When the flight lands, make sure to be tuned in between 6 and 9 a.m. to hear all the action. I'm sure we'll meet some incredible people, even without the big ceremony, if it doesn't happen. I'm sure we'll meet some incredible Olim and have some wonderful stories on the air tomorrow, right here at JM in the AM. We'll close things out with this Odi Shama on a uh, tuba of morning. And, um, and thank you all for listening to a Monday broadcast, uh, here from the Inbal Hotel, where I thank them for their incredible hospitality. This is JM in the AM.
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Well, at least we could say with accuracy this time, thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Big thanks to the Inbal Hotel, and thanks to all of our special guests on this Monday morning to Ba'av. Tomorrow we're back. The crescendo of our visit to Israel, greeting all the amazing Olim, all the incredible brand-new immigrants to Israel from North America with our friends at Nefesh B'Nefesh. It happens tomorrow between 6 and 9. Make sure to be tuned in. Mayor Weingarten in a very special edition of a, li- a live edition of the Israel Show is next. I'll be discussing uh, the heroism of Eitan and a whole bunch of very important information and material from the war in Gaza. Thank you so much for joining us. Greetings from Jerusalem, everybody. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.